Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. We thank you and praise you for the word of God that goes out and, and combats all of the weapons of the enemy. The Bible says he has been defeated and we execute his defeat this morning by speaking and ministering the word of God. Uh, got a few announcements before we get started this morning. Uh, first of all, uh, remember that we have prayer online every Tuesday and every Friday at noon. We call it high noon, so we welcome you to be a part of that. Also, we have a food drive going again. Uh, and we'll be taking up food today from 12 to 4 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be uh, blessing a, a neighborhood uh, a community uh, close by to us uh, with that food. So you're welcome, whether you're a member of New Day Christian Church or not, uh, to be a part of that. Also, we have our uh, Bible study. We call it Study of the Bible uh, at 6.30 on Wednesday evening. And we're actually going through a book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And a great book on how to... Uh, get some discipline, spiritual disciplines in our life that calls for uh, transformation. And so, um, that being said, we invite you to all of those things. Uh, we're going to get going rather quickly here this morning. I've got a lot to say. I think we probably won't get it done in one, one sitting. We'll probably do this in at least a couple of services. But again, we want to welcome you here. want to welcome, thank, uh, thank you, New Day. Uh, I so appreciate you and so appreciate all that you all are doing prayerfully for our, our ministry at this time. Thank you so much for attending uh, online. Thank you so much for, I know your prayer support, your financial support, and uh, you're the best. We appreciate you so much. And all of our online guests as well, we are so grateful that you're, you're with us this morning. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get right into the Word of God this morning. So I hope you are, are well. You're snuggled up by your couch, your television, uh, got your coffee in your hands, uh, maybe even eating breakfast, whatever you're doing, we want you to just tune in. Uh, pay attention. The Bible talks about paying attention. And so we're going we're gonna to pay attention this morning. All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning for the word of God. We thank you for being here in our midst. We thank you, Father, for the word that you've prepared for us today, myself included. We trust that it will go out and it will uh, accomplish all that you send it forth to accomplish in Jesus name we thank you and praise your father that not one word communicated out of your mouth today will return to you void but it will do what you send it forth to accomplish we also thank you praise you for thinking through my mind and speaking through my lips words that will edify exhort comfort and provoke change in the lives of each and every individual under the sound of my voice in Jesus name and Satan we want to remind you everything we do here in this sanctuary and uh, to all the uh, homes that are receiving this message, that you are off limits, paralyzed, rendered inoperative, null and void, and ineffective in the name of Jesus. For it all, Father, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's under our feet this morning. Well, I want to share uh, a message with you this morning that I, I think that is just so important, especially in the time that we're now living in. Someone asked a question recently, um, and I thought it was a great question. I responded to that question. And the question is, is, is I think it was, is faith like hope, or uh, shouldn't we just keep hope, or something to that effect. But anyway, it was a question about hope, and it was a very good question. And so tonight, today we want to clarify what is hope. We want to find out what is hope because hope is vitally important for us, especially during this time, but really in all times it's important. And uh, so we want, to, we want to give some understanding of what hope is and what is the power of hope. So if you're writing notes, label this the power of hope, H-O-P-E, hope. And so um, it's, it's, it's important, and just a little side journey real quick. It's, it's important that um, as, we, as we are in this time in which we are uh, acutely aware of the things that are going on around us, and because of that awareness, uh, many of you have tuned in to the Word of God, maybe for the first time in some time, 
Uh, maybe you're even a Christmas and Easter kind of a person that only kind of goes to church then, but you have always had a reverence for God, but maybe God has spoken to you a little bit more, especially during this time, to really, really hone in on the things of God and get back into the Word. I, I, want, I want you to, to, to make sure that, that when things change for the better, and we are out of lockdown, and there's no longer reason to be as astute to the Word of God as you are right now, that you don't let this pass, that you take this with you. The Bible speaks of, of a parable, and it talks about the four kinds of, where the, where the four kinds of seed were sown. And one of the seeds was sown on, on, on rocky ground, and the birds of the air came back and, and pulled up that seed. And one was sown just deep enough into the earth, but it said the weeds came in and choked out the word. And then, then uh, and it talks about the cares of this world. And it came, God, God gives a, a um, he gives um, uh, examples of how the word can get taken away from us. One was, was uh, just didn't, couldn't get sown into the ground. Other was um, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches came in and stole that word out. So there's going to be things that, that after we get past this, maybe in the next month or so, that are going to challenge your, um, your discipline to stay in the word of God. And, and, and remember, if it was important now, it will be important six months from now. Matter of fact, even more important. So I want to I challenge you to stay with the word of God. I want to challenge you. The things that you've heard and you have agreed with over this time of hearing the word of God, I want to challenge you to stick with it. You don't want to go dull of hearing and, and, and give up a wonderful opportunity to grow in the things of God. And, you know, the Bible speaks of perilous times. So this could very well be the beginning of beginnings of perilous times, difficulties in our lives. And so why don't you just build yourself, stockpile the word in you now, starting now. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, God has given us an, a, a reprieve, an opportunity to really turn our hearts toward him for the things that might be coming down the road. Now, God is not the author of this disease. He's not the author of corona. He has nothing to do with it. But it has been allowed to come into our existence, not by God, not by God. You need to make sure you understand that, not by God. In other words, he didn't bring it into our lives. He doesn't have disease. He doesn't have sickness. That's just not a part of him. But it is a part of the curse. And we keep the, the curse at bay because the Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, those of us who are believers. But why not? Why not we, we hunker down right now and get the word of God deep down on the inside of us so that we have something to stand on in the days to come? There's going to be times in the days to come that we're going to need, we're going to need this and more. We're going to need the Word of God built up on the inside of us. Uh, a, 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 resi, a, what do you call it? Um, resi, 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 reservoir, thank you. A reservoir of the Word of God to come spilling out of our hearts uh, for the next thing that may come down the road or the next thing that may come down the road. Get this Word down in us. So that we are like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth our fruit in our season. And also that we would be like that, 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 that last seed that was sown that brought up some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And that's the possibility of our sticking with the word of God. So that being said, I want to talk to you about hope this morning. And I think it's a critical subject. Um, and so we want to look at it in a couple of ways. We want to look at what hope is and what hope is not. We may, I'm not sure which one we're going to do first. Uh, we might go with what hope is not and then move over to what is hope. But uh, a song that, I used to, that we used to sing as a child and, and so churches all across America sing uh, on a regular basis is uh, the solid rock. Or actually the first, the first name of the song, get this, the first name was the immutable basis for sinner's hope. The immutable basis for a sinner's hope. And this was written by um, Edward Mott back in 1834. And then a little history on Edward Mott. Edward Mott uh, grew up as, a, as an unbeliever. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. His parents were um, uh, owned a pub and they worked the pub and he, he lived out in the streets for the most of the time. Didn't know anything about God. And then around about 18 he gave his life to Christ. 
and then spent about 37 years as a cabinet maker and uh, during that time and and then he he gave himself over to full-time ministry in a Baptist church somewhere there in in the England area London England and uh, and but this man penned this wonderful song this wonderful song the immutable basis for sinner's hope the song that we know and actually the next title of it we've changed it around a little bit but the, the, the title of the song originally was, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. That was the name of the song. The original name was The Immutable Basis for a Sinner's Hope. The next song, the, 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 his, his next title after that was My Hope is Built on Nothing Less by Edward Mott, 1834. And then it was published uh, a few years later uh, by somebody named Bradbury. But anyway, uh, but listen to these words. And if you know anything about hymns, hymns... Hymns come from the heart. A good hymn, that is, comes from the heart. It comes from a revelation. And when I read this, I'm like, my goodness, this is a great song. I would sing it for you, but I'm not going to do that to you. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Now, it's important us understand what they're talking about there. A frame is, is like like anything that you can kind of lean on, stand on, uh, fix yourself on, the sweetest frame. In other words, even the sweetest frame, the, the best frame, the best settled thing out there that we could stand on. He says, I dare, not, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Isn't that something? I dare not trust the, in other words, so many other things that we could possibly trust in, uh, our, our, our work, our our jobs, our, our looks, our, our family, all of those things that could be the sweetest frame. But he says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And then he goes on to, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking, all, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And then it goes on, he says, when darkness seems to hide his face. Now, that, I had to read that several times just to get the meaning of it. When darkness seems to hide his face. And after reading it on a few times, it, it dawned on me. Maybe just, I'm a little slow. Maybe I didn't get it quite. But it says, you know, when, when times are difficult and it doesn't seem like God's around. When darkness seems to hide his face. When darkness seems to hide his face. When I can't see God in the midst of a challenge or, or difficulty, when darkness seems to hide his face, listen to what he says. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, winds, storms, difficulties, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Then he, get, then he breaks it down even more. Listen to this. His oath, his covenant, his blood. His oath, his covenant, his blood. Support me with, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. In other words, God says through two immutable things. The blood and the word, unchangeable things. God is not changing. He's, he's immutable. He's unchanging. So, so he's saying here, even in the midst of oh so many floods and challenges, he says, when all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. In other words, at some point, all we're going to have is his word. I want to ask you a question before we read this last part here. What are you leaning on? What is your everlasting hope? I wonder if it's been challenged in these last weeks and days. I wonder if the things that we thought were going to be there would always be the same. Education's turned over. Academics, sports, entertainment, stock market, every pillar Every single pillar that man stands on has been turned over. Physical health, challenged, challenged. 
things that we have, we have put so much stock in, so much, you know, I'm going to make it because. I'm gonna, it's going to be all right because. Because what? Because you're going to have good health? Because you're going to always have money? Because you're always going to make it in the academic arena? Because sports is always going to be there? No, none of those things are here right now. But his word is it. His word hasn't changed. Listen. On Christ the rock, solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. <laughs> in other words, it, it, it addresses every, every phase of our life. It addresses the new birth. It addresses the covenant of the word of God. It addresses the, our future. In other words, we're going to stand before God one day as the righteous ones. The throne of almighty God. In other words, God is telling us uh, all these other things are okay, but they're not me. And they can't be trusted. They can't be leaned on. They can't, be, they can't be committed to because they will, they, they will be unfaithful to you. I told my children, you know, I said, um, and I've said this to others, here's what I found out about sports. Sports is a good friend but a terrible lover. <laughs> sports is a good friend but it's a terrible lover. You know why? Because it will let you go. It will be unfaithful to you. It'll drop on you. And most things that we put our confidence in are like that. They can, you can, you can be, they can be a friend. They can walk along with you. But don't, don't marry them. Don't, don't, don't commit to them because they will leave you. Now, I'm wondering out there right now as you're listening to this message, think about the things that have left you. Think about the things that you have put confidence in that have in some way been unfaithful to you. And I'm sure all of us have a particular story where we thought something was always going to be there and now it's gone. All of us have something that we thought was always going to be there, but now it is gone. I mean, I was, I was out playing golf the other day. Uh, my son and I, uh, Michael, went out there. And uh, now Michael hasn't played a lot. And, and so he's out there and he's hitting the ball. And, and he's hitting the ball. And I'll tell you the truth, he was hitting the ball about 40, 50 yards longer than me. And, and he, was, he was doing things with his body I, that I can't do, man. I can't get around that way. So I can't trust in his body. And one day his body won't be like that. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's very temporary. And if he were to put all of his, if at this age in his life, if he were to put all of his confidence in his body, he's in for a tremendous disappointment. You got to have more. Got to have the word of God. Got to have the word of God. All right, so let's look at some scriptures here. <clears throat> I, would, I would also <clears throat> suggest to you that you read that um, particular hymn uh, and and bring it back from from the days when you used to sing it in church didn't know what you were saying and read it now and see if it doesn't make a bigger difference so the scripture that he got this revelation from was Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 and it says anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone hear, who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So he finds out that in this particular scripture, we know the wise man who builds his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the thing that we know is this, that all of us, 
that it's not a matter of when the rain is going to come uh, or if the rain is going to come, but, but when it's going to come. There's going to be a rain in all of our lives. And, and, and eternally, there's going to be a, a, a torrential downpour uh, in our lives if we're not right with Jesus Christ. And you need to understand that about your own life is that now is the time to, as a lot of people say, get right with God. And I'm not talking about behaviorally. I'm talking about by receiving Jesus Christ into your life and then following his word for the rest of your life. That's how we avoid or that's how we, we go through the storms because the storms will come in our, our direction. No one is exempt from storms, but, many, but we are exempt from the devastation and the destruction that happens because of the storms when we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, so that, that's where that song came from. Now I want to share with you and get into this, this subject of hope. What is hope and what is hopelessness? Romans chapter 5 says this in verse 3. It says, we can rejoice, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. So, so while we're in this particular trial uh, with the coronavirus and, and things being changed, uh, you know, relative to our working and going and all of those things, if we treat this time rightly, if we're a good steward of this time, it's going to produce endurance in us. It's going to develop us in strength of character. And, and when we get to the next thing that come, we're going to be stronger than we were before. It says, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, listen to this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope will not lead to disappointment. So that means that there is a hope that will lead to disappointment. There is a hope that is, that is not founded upon anything and it will eventually lead to disappointment. So I want to talk to you first about hopelessness. What is hopelessness? And then we're going to get back to hope. What is hopelessness? Well, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. Remember that. In those days, you were living apart from Christ, talking about the Gentiles. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant of promises God made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So here in the middle of this uh, passage of scriptures, uh, he, he Ephesians 2, verse 11 through 13, it says, you were excluded from the covenant, from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant of God, the, the promises God had made to, him, to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. <clears throat> now, it says, you lived in the world without God and without hope. You lived in the world without God and without hope. You lived in the world without God and without hope. Now, I want you to think for, with me just for a minute. Do you really think these people would have said that they were without hope? These Gentiles? No, they, they would have said, they wouldn't have said we were without hope. No, we, we've got our, our health. We got jobs. We, we're working. We're doing our thing. But, but, but according to what God is saying here, he says, you were strangers to the covenant of Israel. You were without God and without hope. Now, they would have fought against that. Just like, just like if we went out there today and picked some, some person up on the street who was not a believer and, and were to say to them, do you have hope? And they would say, oh, yeah, I got hope. I've got hope. What, what's your hope? I'm hoping that things are going to get better. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they got a lot of hope. They, their lives are built on hope. But according to Scripture, he says that when you're without God, without a covenant, he says that you are without hope. 
hopeless, hopelessness. Think about that just for a minute. Before we came to Christ, how many of you would have ever said, ah, oh, man, I don't have no hope? Most of us would have not have said that unless we were going through something real serious. Most of us would have said, yeah, man, I'm good. You know, how you doing? I'm good. Really? <laughs> are you really good? Are you, I mean, I'm asking, are you really good? If you don't have Jesus in your life, the Bible, the Word of God says, you are hopeless. You are without hope. You don't have a covenant. You don't have a contractual agreement with God. You, you don't have anything to base your hope on, according to God's Word. What hope do you really have? Well, I got a good job. That good job could change tomorrow. I got good health. Your health could change tomorrow. I got money in the bank. Your bank account could go empty tomorrow. I got, I got, I got stock. I got, I'm invested, man. You know what? The investment, your investments have plummeted in the last few weeks. Well, um, I come from a good family. And? No, in, in other words, without God, we are hopeless. And so many people are living pretentiously as though there are something out there that they are actually standing on when they're really standing on thin ice. Like they're walking, they're living their lives on thin ice thinking that one day it's never going to break. And hopefully the realization is that during this time uh, that, that, that corona has shut things down across the world. I mean the farmers, my wife was just telling me as we were coming in here, a farmer was, what, 17 thousand gallons of milk poured out. No, no one to give it to. You think he would ever, you ever think that in his mind he would ever think that I would be pouring out 17,000 gallons of milk? D did you ever think that they wouldn't have workers working in, in meat companies uh, to provide meat for the, for the nation because they didn't have enough workers to produce the meat, to package it, and to get it out? Did athletes out there that are playing, did they ever think that there would be a time when they wouldn't be able to play for stretches of weeks? That baseball season wouldn't start on time? That we would have to watch old reruns of, 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 of old basketball programs and football programs and that they, they, they would be gone? No. That's thin ice. But it shouldn't move us. It shouldn't disturb us. We Christians, in our disposition towards the world, they should see nothing but peace and resolve and the fact that we have a covenant with God. And when you understand the covenant of God, before we get there, I just want to give you a little bit. God basically says, in order for me to break my word, I have to destroy myself. And he's given us a covenant in blood through Jesus Christ. That's a little ahead of myself, but we'll get there. All right, listen to this. You are excluded from the covenant. It says, and you, did not, and you did not know the covenant promises of God had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now you have been reunited with Christ Jesus. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. And one say now, now, now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were afar off or far away from God, but now you have been brought near or nigh to him through the blood of Christ. Don't, any, don't let anyone, not even, even uh, uh, circumstances, uh, cause your mind to even wonder whether or not God is near you. God is near us. God is covenanted with us. He is our shield and our buckler. And many times when they would have a covenant, they would exchange shields. Like, okay, I'll take your shield, you take my shield. And, and the, 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 the weaker would always seek to establish a covenant with the lesser. And in this case, the greater came down to the lesser, that would be you and I, and says, I want to make covenant with you, but it's not going to be between you and me, but it's going to be between myself and my son, Jesus. 
And it will be unchangeable, immutable because he never sinned. He never broke covenant. And so we don't ever have to wonder whether or not, is God going to hear me? Will God listen to me? God, you know, we won't never have to sing the song, um, um, you know, the song they used to sing, um, Please Don't Pass Me By. He's not passing us by. He's right there with us. How's he going to pass us by? He's initiating the covenant. He came to us to make covenant. He wants the covenant. We're not begging him. We're not saying, God, please, can I enter into covenant? No, God says, I'm going to come and initiate everything. I'm going to send my son to you. He's going to die on the cross for you. All you have to do is believe, and you'll be in right relationship with me. You'll be in covenant with me, an unbreakable covenant, because you can't break it because you didn't make it. The covenant is between God and Jesus. And when we enter in through Jesus Christ, we are no longer hopeless. We're never to, never, that's why he says, come to my throne of grace and receive help in your time of need. Because we're covenanted together. He is our shield. So they exchange the shield saying, if, if ever you should need me in battle, call me. That's what a covenant does. If ever, if ever, if ever you need something that I have, I'm in covenant with you, call me. I, I am, I am, I am uh, responsible to you. I am in covenant with you. And if I break my word, the death come upon me. That's what covenant is. And we have a covenant with God. So let's, let's look at this hopelessness just a quick minute. I just want to give you little bites of where we're going so that you'll stay with me on this. Listen, hopelessness. Hopelessness is simply not having a covenant with God. If you are not, if you're not born again, let me tell you, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, you have no covenant. You have no covenant with God. You, you're out there all by yourself. Can you imagine that? You're by yourself. You're having to get it. You're having to grind it out. You don't have no help coming to you. Why would you do that? Why, why would you choose a life whereby you are living it totally, completely by yourself? You know, in war times, especially if you look in the Bible, there would be uh, weaker nations that would come up to the nation of Israel and say, hey, listen, um, we just want to we we get in with you because we know you're kicking butt all around, and we just simply want to get in with you because we don't want you to take us over. And, and even, even one time they disguised themselves and acted as though they came from a long way away, and, and they had these uh, uh, old clothes on and, and, and sweaty and, and, and looked like they didn't have anything. They were really just right across town. <laughs> but they acted like they were coming from a long ways off, and they said, "Hey, uh, uh, we just want to, uh, uh, we just want to, we we don't want, we know y'all taking care of business, all these other nations, and we just a weak nation, and we just need your help. Uh, we don't, we don't, please don't attack us. We from way over there, across town, way, way, way over there. Saying so we just want to make covenant with you, and, and they did, and they ended up being a thorn in their flesh." later on, but they couldn't break covenant. Israel said, <laughs> these rascals right here tricked us, but we can't touch them. We cannot touch them. Now, I hate to use this example, but, uh, but you know, in, in the old gangster movies, right, you know, people lived or they died based upon the word of the father, right, the, the godfather. In other words, a guy... <laughs> A guy like, you know, uh, if he was going to live, it was because the Godfather said, he's, he's, he's going to live. Don't touch him. You touch him, you touched me. You touch him, you touch me. Now, now if, if the Godfather released him, it's over. He, he has no protection. He better run for his life. Well, God is, not, God is not the Godfather. He, not, he doesn't operate that way. But in many ways, he is like that. 
In other words, he is overly protected of those who are in covenant with him. He's watchful over thus that is covenant. And he get, see, those are where those words come from. I, we think that he's just good. and he, when, when he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, those are covenant words. <laughs> That's like, I'll, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you because I'm in covenant with you by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to break my covenant for no reason. For no reason. And he always kept his covenant, always, all the way throughout. He said of David, he said of David, he said, you're always going to have, a, a, you're always going to have, your, 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 your kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And they did everything in the world to destroy that kingdom. And God still said that David will continue to reign. And it ended with Jesus on that one. So God is a covenant-keeping God. And, and we see here, so hopelessness is simply not having a covenant with God. Hopelessness is when a man comes to the end of human effort and human accomplishment. Hopelessness. When a man comes to the end of human effort and human accomplishment, and he says, I can't do anymore. This is it. I can't go any further. Hopelessness happens when a man has no answer to a problem. Hopelessness is embedded in uncertainty and uncertainty of the future. In other words, when you're not certain of the future, what's going to happen? Hopelessness comes in. And then hopelessness happens when a man is nothing more, has nothing more to look forward to. <laughs> you know what the, what the true misery is? Is when you've tried everything and nothing has satisfied you. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. I tried, you know that some of the most miserable people in the world are the people who've had more money, had more uh, uh, ability, resources to do whatever they wanted to do, have whatever they wanted, and still, after having it all, they've said, I'm still miserable. That's got to be the unscratchable itch. Think about that for a minute. Tried it all, done it all, had it all, and still miserable. Miserable. Realize that there's nothing else out there to have. There's nothing else. There's nothing more I can accomplish. There's no other mountain I can climb, and I'm still unsatisfied. That's miserable. That's misery. That's just a tough place to be. And many people are like that. Many people are stuffing themselves with all kinds of things, even food, even clothes, even uh, uh, hobbies, uh, going, coming, doing, traveling, this, that, and the other. And then they come back, and in the silence of their lives, they still hear the voice saying, not enough. Not enough. Not enough. I want you to go there with me just for a minute. You out there, go there for a minute. Just think about everything you've tried to use in your life to fill that void, and every time you come up empty. How does that make you feel for real? Don't lie to yourself. Be sober-minded about it. I'm here to tell you, you can keep on searching, but you'll never find until you come to Jesus Christ. You can keep on reaching and never grasp until you come to Jesus Christ. There is absolutely no satisfaction outside of Christ. Not that any of those things are wrong in and of themselves, but without Jesus Christ, they become simply something that opens up the hole even larger. So that the next time you've got to fill it with more and more and more, and you realize it, it just keeps on getting larger and the walls get, keep on expanding, and you never fit anything into that life that really calls a true satisfaction. To me, that is the most miserable person in the world. Is I've tasted it all, and still I come up dissatisfied. Solomon was much like that. Solomon was blessed by God to be one of the wisest men, the wisest man ever to, to walk upon the earth, and the richest man to ever walk upon the earth. Richer than anyone that we know of our, in our time was Solomon. 
Um, and people came from all around to, to think about what Solomon, to look at what Solomon was doing. doing. He'd made, uh, you know, built a, a temple for God. He, he had aqueducts. He, he had, you know, all types of, uh, um, of uh, uh, gold and, and, and all t- he did it all. He was the smartest man ever and the richest man ever. And you know what his conclusion was in the very end? His conclusion was, I have come to the conclusion that the most important thing in life is to love and to serve God forever. That's where his satisfaction came from. He started chasing everything. He started chasing, I mean, you talk about women. He had thousands of women that just at his beckoning call. He had money. He had everything that there, there is, but he never was satisfied. He actually said it is a chasing of the wind. Have you ever tried to chase the wind? Do you know how daunting a task that is to capture the wind? No one's ever done it. The wind is so elusive. And he says riches, riches, riches make themselves wings and fly away. Misery. Miserable. Why are people drinking alcohol and doing drugs? And, and, and I'm just using those two because we know them. But there's so many ways that we intoxicate ourselves and put our heads down in the sand and use coping mechanisms. We kind of give those two the bad eye because they're so. But, but we, everybody is doing something without Christ to cope with this world. More, 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 if I can just get more. But I'm telling you, hopelessness is a byproduct of not being in Christ, not having a covenant with God. I want to share one last thing with you, and then we'll pick this up again next week uh, on hopelessness. And I really do want you to self-evaluate. You can't grow in life until you're able to have an honest kind of conversation with yourself. And you need to ask yourself honestly, Am I miserable? And what am I doing to cope with my misery? Think about the things that you have been doing habitually. Places you go. People you seek. Hobbies you have. All to fill that voice on the inside to say more. More. I need more. I'm not satisfied. I need more. I need more. I need more. My son, uh, one of my sons, my youngest son, that dude can eat. I mean, when I say he can eat, he can eat. I mean, we're sitting down at the table, and, and we're, we're sitting, and, and we're eating, and by the time we eat two bites of our food, his food is gone. And I lie not. It, it, I mean, he's like, <laughs> and we ask him, where's your food, man? What, what happened to it? And it's as though as soon as he gets through with that meal, I mean, no more than an hour later, he's asking for another meal. And another meal. And he constantly is thinking about food. I mean, like all the time. If we leave the house and he knows we're going to be gone for a stretch of time, maybe a couple hours, two or three hours, he's, he's, he's before we even, when we leave the house, he's saying, this is what I want. On midway through our time, text, daddy, bring me back this. And then on the way at the end of it, daddy, I need you to go by and pick that. No, it's almost like he's, he has no, there's no, there's, there's like a bottomless pit there. I, I'd like to see the boy satisfied. I don't know what it looks like. And, and so I, I use him as an illustration of how, how people are even in life. Is that even when they finish the last one, they're looking for the next one. They're looking for the next one. They just never, never have any peace uh, in regards to that. And, and so they're, le- they're left with this. They're left with absolutely nothing. And, and, and so God has given us to remedy people. He's given us his son. A- and he said with his son that uh, uh, with his son, he's, that, is, that is the abundant life. That's the life that God has given us. And so I want to end with this one scripture here. And I really want you to contemplate, think about uh, where you are and, and what have you been using to satisfy your desires. 
And if it's not working, I'm going to tell you what will work, and that is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 uh, says this. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted it to him as righteousness. The question we're going to ask this next time we come together God willing, is it what gave Abraham this unwavering faith? What gave him this hope against hope? That he would, having no hope, have hope. And we're going to find out that it has everything to do with blood. And so I'm, pr- I'm glad that you stayed with us this, this uh, morning. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And I really do want you to have that t- conversation with yourself. You don't need 10,000 people around you. You don't need to be conversing back and forth on social media. Don't quiet your mind down and truly think about what satisfies you and what hasn't satisfied you. And and, and I, I, I I would dare say that nothing, really nothing has satisfied you apart from Jesus Christ. And he's welcoming you to your family. You know, sometimes uh, uh, people get married because they're trying to meet a satisfaction. If I just get married, I'll be satisfied. They get about one week, two weeks, five weeks, a year, two years into the marriage, and they realize that didn't satisfy, satisfy them. And because it wasn't made to. My wife was not made to satisfy me from the standpoint of her fulfilling my everything. That she, that's not her job. She can't do that. It's not right for me to project that need off. And then we get a little further in the marriage and we say, well, you know, if I have children, that's going to, that, you know what, children, children are going to make me feel whole. So we, 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 we have a wife, we have a children, and then we realize, uh, maybe not, maybe the children are not. Children are meant to love. They're not meant to fill a hole. <laughs> They're meant to, to raise up and, and grow them up. They're not meant to, to, um, to um, fulfill, to, to satisfy us. Likewise, you know, we move in life and we figure, you know, the next phase of my life is going to be better. And, and so it's going to, you know, that's going to be the satisfying thing. And then we get there and we realize we still have a void. We still have an emptiness. Well, I want you to know that Jesus is that answer. He is the answer. And, and, and if you're listening to this today, uh, as we move forward, you know, uh, the whole um, corona, COVID-19 that we're in right now, uh, I, I want you to make sure that, that you are stewarding well this opportunity to grow. That stewarding well uh, the opportunity to know Jesus Christ and to let him be your source of everything from here on out. So let's pray together. God in heaven, your word tells me that if I would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him with my mouth, that I shall be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you sent him down here just for me to make me right with you, to bring me in covenant with you. Jesus, come into my life. I confess you today. I say out of my heart today, come into my life. I turn from my wicked ways. I turn from sin. I repent, and I turn to you, and I come to you, and I receive you. And I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. And I walk with you today. Wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say in the name of Jesus. Now, if you've said that prayer, we'd like to know that. Just send it to us, you know, send it to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 1860. No, that's not right. Uh, 1023 East Union Street is our mailing address. Let us know. Call the church. If we're not here, we'll hear the message. We just want to know that you responded to this, and we'd like to send you some things, uh, if you like, uh, that would help you in, your, in your, your growth and your knowledge of God. And uh, this is such a wonderful time for the whole body of Christ to tell what the reason we have faith and why we are, we're, we are at peace at this time. Uh, we want to go right now and uh, give opportunity for you to give.
anyone and everyone. We do have a, a couple of ways you can do so. You can actually mail uh, in your, your tithe or offering. If you're a member of our church or if you're not and you just want to give, you've been blessed by this ministry this morning and you'd like to give, this would be your opportunity to do so. Uh, also, uh, we also have online, you can go to our, our webpage, newdaycc.com and, and give there. Uh, there should also be a link that should show up on your, on your uh, computer right now if you're on Facebook um, that gives you also the link to, uh, to, to sow into his ministry. We've been so tremendously blessed by the generosity and the giving of, of the saints of God that are here and, and outside of this ministry. We want to keep it going. Uh, we thank God for, for the word of God and out of a gratitude of, uh, of heart towards him, that's why we give. And God has been really, really wonderful and really good to us. And so we want to give opportunity for you to give at this time. If you have an offering, go ahead and lift it up right now. And uh, we're going to pray over it together. If you're at home, do the same thing. Write it out and go ahead and pray over it or press that button if you're texting it in or emailing it in or using the app or however you're doing it. Just go ahead and let's honor God with our tithes and offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to give. We know that a true heart of giving comes from a heart that has received. And we have received much from you. Boy, we've received so much from you. Our lives are different because of you. We have peace in our hearts because of you. We are right with God, with you, because of what you've done. And for all those reasons, we're grateful to you. And we give out of a grateful heart this morning. And Father, I believe that as we give, it'll be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto us. And that you will actually increase our capacity to give. You increase our capacity to good, do good things for others because of our giving. And so we thank you for it all. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for supplying our every need. Thank you for promotions and increase. We give you praise for it all. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We want to thank you for giving this morning. Thank you again for coming and being a part of our service today. Remember, uh, you can come and be a part of our You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.